Welcome to the Health and Wellness Practitioners Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Danielle Angela. In this show, I and my guest experts will talk about everything from getting your practice started to developing your clinical skills, growing your practice your way, and of course, dealing with the real stuff like burnout and work-life balance. Whether you've been practicing for decades or just started your journey, you'll find something here for you. So take a deep breath and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Health and Wellness Practitioners Podcast. I am here today with Joanna Sapir, and we are going to be talking about how to know if you have a marketing problem or a sales problem. In other words, how to know if you need more new patients or clients, or if you need to actually focus on retaining your patients or clients for the long term. So before we dive into that topic, uh, we're going to start off with the rapid fire questions. Joanna, question number one is when there are so many career paths available in the health and wellness industry, why did you choose the path that you're on now? Well, I think it happened very organically and chose me like many people might say. This is I I think of this as my third phase of my career and all the previous ones sort of led to it. Um my calling was initially to teaching and I taught high school and high school teachers, I taught teachers how to teach for a decade and then sort of accidentally started opened a strength and conditioning gym. I say accidentally, but that happened super organically too, like I had never never had visions of opening a business or anything and ended up opening this business, the strength and conditioning gym. I really wanted to provide this service in my community. And, uh, and that's where I had to learn business. Right. And then what I found was that I actually loved the business side of things. And, um, and it was very natural to start sharing everything I was learning and applying in my own business to others who needed it. And, um, I built that business to be sellable. That became part of the part of my goal and vision, which I think um, takes a lot of business acumen to to yeah. to set up a business that it is actually worth something um, and has the systems to run it. and uh, And so I sold that and knew I was already moving into this, which is, you know, providing business strategy and coaching for wellness practitioners. Mm. Maybe one day we'll have a whole other conversation about um, building a business with the intention of selling it because it is very different when you are a practitioner, especially whether it's as a strength coach or a chiropractor or a massage therapist, if you want to be able to sell that business, it has to be independent of you. You. Yes. Yes. And I think most, you know, solo practitioners can't even imagine that. Right. So it's like, there's, there's some steps in between there. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Question number two is what fills you up? Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm aware of this, you know, there are multiple things, thank goodness. But um, today I am aware that I'm going to be missing something that fills me up. So um, I had a date tonight with my two sons. My sons are tw- about to be 21 and 18. And my 21-year-old lives um, in Berkeley, goes to school there, which is about an hour away. And we were going to, my younger son and I were going to drive down and have dinner with them. And that just, I was so looking forward to that. Um, But my younger son just got diagnosed with COVID. Oh, no. (laughs) But but, uh, that really lights me up is bringing, is at this age anyway, as my kids have grown up, is like us connecting. We went on a vacation together in December and I just, yeah, connecting with them at you know, as young adults is definitely fills me up. That's really lovely to hear. I I, uh, look forward to the phase of motherhood where I feel like spending time with my children resources me rather than 
drains me. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it takes a while. How old are they? Um, 12, eight and five. And I have a stepdaughter that is 20. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we go through all the, the raising years and then, yeah. Yeah. This. And ironically, I have a date night with um, my kiddos one at a time every Wednesday. So today is that day. And today is my youngest um, turn. She is five and we're going to go to the park and um, the library probably for our time together today. <laughs> How sweet. How sweet. All right. Question three. What do you like the least about running a business? You know, this question is like unfair <laughs> because <laughs> everything I might come up with, I know is fixable and solvable. That's the thing is like to me, anything that I might come up with. So, you know, sometimes... Um, Hiring and team is a challenge. And that's like something you learn. You learn leadership, you learn better hiring, you learn how to develop your team, you know, and you learn how to guide and lead them. It might be, you know, uh working too much. Well, that's completely fixable and solvable. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I I'm gonna avoid that answer because I really don't I the alternative to not having my own business, I can't even imagine, you know, that's um. So I love it all. And I love all the challenges that it brings, including like what feels, what parts don't feel good. It's like, okay, how do we tackle that? Yeah. Well, there are certainly parts that don't feel good sometimes. <laughs> um, next question. What book do you think every person should read? I'm not sure I have a book that everyone in the world, but let's say who's listening to this. Yes. Okay. Um, speaking of challenges, I think one of my favorite books uh, for myself to give to clients is um, The Obstacle is the Way mm. by Ryan Holiday. Do you know that yeah. book? Yeah. Yes. And it's just about, you know, the, even the title has it. It's like the challenge, get it, the challenge and addressing the challenge is actually how you succeed. You know, it's how mm. you get through it. That is so relevant to me right now in my personal life. Oh gosh, yes. I actually probably could go back and read that book again. I listened to it on Audible a few years ago. And I'll be honest, I had a lot of resistance to the message of that book. I was like, no, I just want everything to be easy. <laughs> oh, interesting. It's yeah. definitely the kind of book you can just pick up and open up to anywhere in the middle. Like it doesn't need to be a cover to cover book. Each chapter is pretty standalone, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Last question on a scale of zero to 10, how crunchy are you? So is crunchy like granola hippie? Yeah. Is that yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you're in Missouri. I grew up in Berkeley, California. Like, so probably most people would call me a 10, but because <laughs> I grew up with like real hippies around to me, I'm not, but <laughs> yeah. let's say to the most of the world that we could put me at a 10 maybe. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like in Missouri or in the Midwest in general, we have like our, our own variety of crunchy. It doesn't look necessarily like being hippie-ish, but we're more like, you know, in our farm boots, feeding cattle. All <laughs> right. Cattle myself, but that's I'm a 10. I I'm a 10. <laughs> Milking the goats. <laughs> that's kind of become like the crunchy mom around here lately. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for playing along with the rapid fire questions. I know they can be um, a little, um, sometimes they're very fluid and other times it's like, wait, what, what are you asking me? <laughs> okay. So um, as we talked before we were recording today, 
uh, we settled on discussing in a bit of uh, further detail how to know if you have a marketing problem or a sales problem in your practice. Now, I think let's first start off with the disclaimer that most of us don't even want to look at these things. We we don't want to have to do marketing and we don't want to have to sell anything. Um, yet we own a business and the first two key functions of a business are to market and sell a product or a service, right? So yes, we don't necessarily want to do these activities, but the obstacle is the way. Here we go. We decided to be business owners and now we get to do these things that can feel challenging. So um, with that being said, Joanna, um, how would you first distinguish the difference between marketing and sales? Because these two terms are used interchangeably often uh, erroneously. erroneously. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Definitely people don't know the difference and they mush it together. So um, let me start with with saying like, how do we how do we know whether you have a marketing problem? I think everybody thinks they have a marketing problem. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody thinks, right? And so they go, I need more clients. I need more clients. Mm-hmm. So I should be doing more marketing. I need to get out there and do more marketing. And um, in my definition anyway, I'd be curious about yours, but marketing is how you attract attention and get leads. It's how you get people into your sphere. It's how you nurture them. And that that is to me how you get leads, but how you turn a lead into a client is your sales process. Mm-hmm. And so you need an actual sales process for that. And um, I, you know, I mentioned how I owned a gym. I, I had no sales process when I first started, right? So yeah. people would like walk into the gym, like it had some street visibility, or they would call or email through the website and they'd be like, this sounds great, or this looks neat, or I heard about you. I'm wondering. And they'd kind of almost always ask, like, how much does it cost? Like, that's the first thing they ask because they don't really know anything else. And I would just be like, blah, 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 you know, have kind of nothing in particular to say, you know, and the thing is, is it was a really unique at that time. This was 2008. It was a very unique type of gym. And so compared to what people thought of as a gym, and in fact, we were around the corner from a mainstream gym, you know, and those are like, what, 25 bucks a month or something like that. And we were $160 a month at the time. So like, if I just answered the question, which I did sometimes, you know, people would say, how much does it cost? I'd say $160 a month. And they'd be like, oh, okay thanks, you know, and and walk away. Yeah. And so marketing is the attention, right? So I already had leads coming in. Somebody walking into my gym or calling me or emailing is a lead. But if you have no process to turn them into clients, that means you're lacking a sales process. And I've seen that, I don't know about you, but over and over and over is practitioners tell me, can you help me with marketing? The very first client I ever had, that's what she came to me. And she said, uh, it was even before I had officially started this business. Somebody directly came to me and said, can you help me with marketing? I am struggling in this. I don't know what to do. And so I did this assessment and she was actually getting leads. She had this Yelp listing. She didn't pay for it. It wasn't a paid thing. It was uh, her clients had started it and they posted all these great reviews. So she got all kinds of people contacting her through that, but she had no process to convert them into clients. And so without a sales process, more marketing is just the full lead. It's the leaky bucket. Like you're actually really wasting your time and money and energy on your marketing. If you don't know how to convert your leads into clients. 
So can you share more about what you did in your gym at that time when you realized like people are coming to you and they're oftentimes just, you know, price shopping, they're looking at what does it cost? You're answering that question and then you don't hear from them again. What did you do to fix that problem? Yeah. Well, the real truth is, is that I still didn't understand that that was the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing all the hats. It was just me. I'm doing everything, including, you know, cleaning. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the whole thing. I'm showing up for every class. I was a single mom of two young kids at the time, right? It was a lot. And one day, um, one day on my only day off a Sunday, I found myself in the emergency room with symptoms that the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. And I was, I had actually broken out in this whole rash and, uh, and was nauseous. And I was worried about something super serious and they're running all these tests. And after two hours, when they're still running tests and trying to figure out, I just sort of had this awakening and went, oh my goodness, this is just stress. Like that's all this is. There's nothing they, you know, they were looking at tropical diseases. Like it was just this manifestation of my stress. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I, um, well, if I'm really telling the story at that point, I still didn't know what, what, you know, I just thought I just need help. And so I sought help and, uh, I tell this story sometimes, but I actually ended up selling half of my company to somebody because I didn't, I wasn't aware yet that I could actually hire great people to help me out in different ways. And, um, I thought that I had to have somebody who would, you know, co-own it with me. That would be that, you know, just as motivated and driven six months later, bought him back out. It was, quite an adventure. But what really, where I really figured out things was that I actually started getting business coaching. I sought multiple mentors kind of, it took a little while to find the right uh, person or people. And then I finally did and started learning how to do business and actually sales process. If I'm thinking back, it's a long time ago, but I think learning a sales process was probably one of the very first things that I did was, uh, you know, was taught to me because it's so incredibly important. It's how you are bringing money in, you know? You know, it's so interesting because we go, you know, through like our certification programs or our clinical education and we learn the modality that we practice or the way that we help our clients, right? Like the service that we offer and we're super excited about it, but we haven't learned how to actually sell that service. And um, it's sort of, it's almost like a catch 22 because yes, we had to have, a high quality service that we offer that people want and they understand why they need it. But also we have to know how to help them understand how or why they need that service. And just having the credential or the certification alone isn't enough. You can be a great practitioner, a great clinician, a great coach and not have a great business. And that, really hard. Yeah, it's so true. And it's always really sad to me because, I mean, that's actually what drew me into uh, wanting to work with uh, wellness practitioners was because I was the client of so many people who I just thought were brilliant at what they did. Do you know what I mean? Really, really skilled and so good. And yet their services were not designed in a way to have the power and impact that I knew that they could have. And they weren't doing very well financially. These are people I got to know, you know? And so it is sad, but it's true that it's independent of how good you are. 
um, is your, your, your business success. Like you have to learn business. You really have to decide to learn business. So anyone listening to this is in the right place to be doing that, but it's just like you invested in your, and continue to invest, I'm sure in your education, in your modalities and being a better practitioner, you do need to also invest in learning how to build the systems and structures in your business to make it, you know, sustainable, profitable, successful. Mm-hmm. All right. So someone knows that they're getting plenty of hits on their website or the phone rings often, they're getting online bookings, but people are not following through. Maybe they come for the first visit. They don't come back after that. What do we do next? Yeah. Well, I, te- I have a, I have a five, five stage system um, that I call the predictable sales system. So uh it starts with just the understanding that what you're going to do is create a series of stepping stones that we want we want a step by step conversion process from the time somebody initially contacts us to when they say yes and give us give us the money and become the client right and so ultimately you can design that yourself but I'll share exactly how I do it with my clients and we customize these pieces um, each of these pieces so it begins with only a single call to action so your website only has one way for somebody to take action with you. It doesn't have this menu of things that they can choose from. The one thing for an in-person brick and mortar practitioner is schedule a phone consultation. And so that's the initial invite that's free. It might have different wording. You might call it something else, but it is about a 10 minute phone phone conversation. And you do that with an automated scheduler. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, but like I have I have like pretty gruesome, gruesome is not the right word, really painful stories right now. I'm in the middle of a, I'm in the middle of somebody else's lack of sales process. It's a practitioner that was recommended to me by a different, by a body worker that I see was like, I think you should see this person. And I went to their website and it actually did have a clear call to action for, um, for new for new patients, new clients, it said, fill out this form, you know, Mm -hmm. click here and fill out this form. So I go to the form, but all the form was, was a standard website contact form, name, email, phone number, message is what it said. Doesn't ask me any questions about me, nothing. So I just put in message, so-and-so referred you. That's what I put, you know, didn't ask me anything about, I just didn't ask me anything. Right. So I clicked that it's been, I'll avoid the whole story, but it's been two months. It's just been this runaround. That person ended up calling me, emailing me and texting me all at once after I put in that message. So I'm like, what, what am I supposed to reply to here? Mm-hmm. And each of those messages said something kind of different. And, um, this practitioner was put in one of those messages, put out an actual date. Like, can you do this time? Can you schedule this? So they were just trying to book the appointment right there. And I couldn't do that time. So I said, no, I can't do that time. And then it's just been this you know, it's been a complete lack of sales process. Like we don't want, we don't want this rigmarole and you make it so hard for me to become a potential client. So in the system, I teach that, that 15 minute phone consultation, they're scheduling it with a self-scheduler. You don't have to do this back and forth. You know, there's no, when are you available? None of that. They schedule that, which means you have to be available to call them back. And with my clients, we script, it's a pre-qualification script and we put a lot of time and effort into script that conversation. And it is just the initial filter. So that's still not where and where a client is making any actual decision. 
you are first vetting them. So you are actually making sure that they're a client that you want to work with and that you can help. I'm sure you teach about, you know, really identifying who your ideal clients are and making and making sure you really know who your people are. So you have to know who you would be turning away. You have to be really clear about who you want to work with and who you don't. And you're asking them a series of questions to make sure this is somebody that you can help and that you would want to work with. Mm-hmm. From there, part of that process too is giving them a little overview of what it is you do and how you work with your people. And because I teach practitioners who work with me how to create programs instead of sessions or packs of sessions, you are in the prequal script actually explaining that because that's that's a disruptor, right? If most people are, you know, calling you up and um, expecting like, can't I just, you know, book a session? And you're kind of leading them through the process of explaining explaining how you do work with people. And then you actually pre-qualify them on things like budget, time commitment. So you're really making sure this person does, you know, this is in their, they, they can't afford it. They're willing and able to commit the time involved to, you know, reach these goals. And of course, one of those initial questions you're asking them is what what are your goals? Why are you reaching out? What's going on? What's the problem, right? All of that. So you have this really nice I'd say it's not super in-depth, but this really nice pre-qualifying phone conversation with somebody. And if they qualify and they seem like a good fit for you, then you invite them to the next step. So everything's by invitation, right? Everything's like a consensual process. And so the next step is actually still free and it is a free in-person consultation and assessment. Um, my clients name that in particular ways. So they name it according to their, you know, modality and what they're helping people do and so on. Um, so you don't call both of these a consultation. You need two different names. So from the phone consultation, I, as the prospective client got this sense, I got, first of all, I got this sense that you actually don't take anyone. You're not trying to sell services to anyone. You're really like making sure that you think you can help me. And then you're inviting me to this free uh, appointment where I'm going to get a full assessment and understand what your treatment plan or program that you would advise for me would be. And at that point is when I make the decision. So it's very safe for the prospective client. And I will just note, sometimes people say, that's so much time you're putting in for free, right? Well, when you vetted people like that, you pre-qualified them ahead of time. The conversion on the actual in-person consultation is like 80 to 100%. You know, it's really, really worth it. And so from there, you're enrolling them again in a full treatment plan or program that's going to really help them get to their results. And so that that consultation also needs to be designed and also involves like a true assessment and some really particular skills in how you communicate what what you do and what their needs are. And it's really about them. I think that's what most, some, you know, you, you opened, uh, you opened the show saying how we, we don't like to think of marketing and sales. Like the, the word sell and sales is feels so yucky, right? We think we mistakenly think because our image of a salesperson is, you know, that the, the used car salesman or the guy at the appliance store who's sitting there trying to like pitch their thing by this because of this and by this because of this in a really good consultative sales process, which is what this is. It's all about them. There's no pitching on your part. There's no convincing. You're not doing anything to convince somebody. You are helping them is what you're doing. You're assessing their needs and you're laying out what you believe their treatment plan would be. And it becomes 
really easy for them. Of course, I, like I teach really specific ways to do this, but it is such an authentic process of serving people um, and making it very easy for them to say, I, you know, okay, how can, can we start? <laughs> you know, when can we start? Like, they're the ones who ask you that. It's not like you're saying, and, you know, now, you know, do you, are you, are you in, are you going to do this? It's like, they're, they're coming forward and saying that. I think that's a really commonly missed aspect of sales, specifically in chiropractic, where like we we don't connect the dots between what is that person wanting, what are their goals, what are they struggling with and they wish was different to like actually letting them know, telling them very clearly, if you want this outcome, this is what you need to do to get the best chance of having that outcome. And probably because we're afraid to like, make promises that we can't, um, you know, we can't keep, we we can't ever predict how someone will respond to care, for example, but people need to have that process laid out clearly for them. And they need to have those dots connected to understand why it's not just a show up here once and done, try this today, see how it goes kind of situation or relationship. Yeah. It's interesting because it's almost a counterintuitively um so one of my clients uh what he said after implementing the whole process what he said was before when i was session to session i actually felt like a salesperson because every session i was trying to wow them mm. and get them some like instant results yeah. so that they would book another one right and he said he's like i never actually got to get to the root of the problem and i'm always just you know chasing the symptoms and trying to make them happy. Whereas to really get the results you're after, there might be sessions that are not like that, right? At all. And so um, he said, you know, one now they sort of buy into that whole whole term care and what this is going to take. And to be really clear, this isn't arbitrary. This isn't like 10 pack, a 10 pack of sessions. Do you know what I mean? You're actually laying out a process for them. And when you mentioned, you know, sometimes we don't know how people will respond. This exact same practitioner that I'm thinking of that said that he ended up designing. Um, so in his uh, assessment process, he has some little testing um, treatments where he's able to see how somebody's responding in that session. And then he has a choice of he's kind of choosing like six, nine or 12 weeks. Like, what do I think it's going to be? And you can be fully transparent. You can say, based on what I saw here, I think it's going to be a nine week process to get us to this point. Right. And then at that point, we'll look at this, blah, blah, blah. But it you can be completely transparent and say, that's what I think. It might be less, it might be more, but that's what I think. And the more you do this, the more you nail it and just really do do get it. But it's okay to be totally transparent and it's okay to enroll somebody in, for example, a nine-week process and and change it later. It's okay, you know? Yeah. For the last, what has it been, seven years, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, you know, the, the um, notion of knowing who your ideal clients are. I think that the way you described it um, today probably frames that in a different perspective for people. And one of the objections that comes up for them often is, well, I don't want to turn people away. I just need more. I need more clients. I need more office visits. I need to see more people. So what would you say to the person who is thinking that now after hearing what you've shared so far? Yeah. Well, two things I'll say. 
One is that when you said I may have framed it differently, I might be making assumptions here, but I think a lot of people think that identifying who your ideal client is, is a marketing move. And uh, to me, it's not at all. To me, this is about like your level of fulfillment and success in your business. When you work with clients that are challenging or have issues that are not resolving, even with your work, it makes you, it's like a negative snowball effect. It makes you actually question your effectiveness and how good you are, right? Whereas if you actually choose who are the people that I love working with and that see the best results from my services, if that's how you identify, if that's how you define your ideal client and you base your business around attracting them and bringing them in, like your level of fulfillment in the work you do will be through the roof because 90% 90 to 100% of your clients will be getting incredible results and you love working with them. That is you know, a wonderfully fulfilling business. So I just want to say that's not a marketing choice. That is a, that is who you are here to serve choice. You know, this is like doing your work, this work you were meant to do. That's what that's about. And then the second side of it is actually on the marketing side, which is, you know, for the folks who feel like, but I can help anyone. Like we know you can help. You can help a lot of people. Guess what? I mean, I don't know about you, Danielle, but like the systems I teach I could uh I could work with a plumber. <laughs> right. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. any service-based business, the stuff I teach, it's honestly like business is just basic business stuff, right? But I choose to work with the people I want to work for. That's that first part. Who have I defined? It's the people that light me up and they get the best results for my services. And I love working with them, right? It also fulfills my actual purpose in, in sort of the change I want to see in the world. So there's that. But as far as um, the marketing side, if you, who's watching and listening, right, you're looking for some kind of business strategy, business coach, business help, are you going to go to the person who is the business coach for everyone in your city, any business in your city, or let's just say any business altogether, or are you going to choose somebody like Danielle or I, who works specifically with wellness practitioners, you're going to want to go to somebody who you know knows your industry. And it's the same in your work. So I happen to be, I'm about, I'm going to be 49 in, a, in two months, <laughs> right? So I'm on, I'm like at a very particular phase of life and I'm a competitive weightlifter. Like that's pretty particular. So I'm a competitive athlete and I'm an older woman in perimenopause or middle-aged woman in perimenopause. That's so specific, right? So when I'm looking for healthcare and and practitioners to serve me, the last thing I want to do is go to somebody who's like not accustomed to athletes, doesn't know, you know what I mean? Like the kind of health markers or situations or pains and problems or goals and desires I might have. I am going to really specifically be wanting to find somebody who absolutely understands who I am. It's that's, what's going to attract me. And I will not be interested in somebody who's general general will not be, it will not be attractive to me. And if that's all there is that's available, okay. I sort of, you know, so what, so on the marketing side of things, when you actually are really specific about who you work with, it is so attractive to them that you're going to get way more people than you would generally. General is going to, it's like, it's like on a level of one to 10 in terms of attractiveness, general is right in the middle, like five out of 10. 
right? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. And, and we want people to either be like, if you're specific, so let's just say you're a chiropractor who works with, but if you're a chiropractor who works with women in perimenopause and athletes, like you're a 10 to me. Yeah. And yet to somebody else, you're a one and that's yeah. just fine because you're so strong and attractor for your right people that you're going to get loads of them. Yes. You know? I love that. I love the, um, the way you explain the magnetism in a sense of like the one and the 10 and you don't really want to be a five, a five is just like, meh. <laughs> and that's, that's how your business feels too, you mm-hmm. know, all around. It feels that way. It's meh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Joanna, we could talk about this probably for another two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like to keep our conversations to a length that is around the um, average commute for our uh-huh. listeners. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would love to have you back on the show and talk more about um, building a, a business or a practice that you can sell one day. In the meantime, if people want to learn more about you and what you do, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah. So, well, we, uh, my website is joannasapir.com and we do have a free gift for your listeners and watchers. And, um, you probably have that, that link already. It is a training, um, for, for the system in the systems and structures that I teach wellness practitioners to have more profitable and sustainable businesses. And so that's at joannasapircom slash health wellness practitioners podcast. That's a long URL, but if you, if you provide the link, (laughs) um, then people can get to that. And I also have a podcast and it's called uh, the business revolution for practitioners podcast with Joanna Sapir. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and for sharing your expertise um, I think that this is a very relevant topic for everyone that's listening, whether you like it or not, <laughs> whether you want to do, you know, the marketing and sales aspect of your business or not. The truth is we signed up to be business owners and we also have unique um, services that the world needs for us to be able to um, convey to them. So in order to change our communities, we need to be able to overcome these obstacles <laughs> and get out there and let people know how we can help them. Yes. And I'd just like to say, like, you can do it totally authentically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you again, Joanna, so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. If you love this podcast, then be sure to join our free community, the Health and Wellness Practitioners Group over on Facebook where you can continue the discussion and get to know other people in the community as well. We're a group of chiropractors, naturopaths, acupuncturists, midwives, doulas, massage therapists, mental health therapists, counselors, nutritionists, and the list goes on. So come join us, get to know other people, build some personal and professional relationships. You can find the group by heading to drdanielleangela.com forward slash community and request to join the group. I will see you inside from there.